Hello and welcome to this episode of Primarily Context-Based. This podcast is a collaboration between CTOcraft and Skillawale, and it was inspired by the Q&A site Stack Overflow. On Stack Overflow, questions have a single right answer, and they can be closed and archived because they're considered primarily opinion-based. Well, we think that the most interesting questions don't have a single right answer, and they are primarily context-based. In this podcast, we're going to take one of those questions, talk about a range of answers and the context that makes them appropriate. My name's Howell Carver. I'm the CEO of Skiller Whale, where we do a unique form of training called targeted capability training, which is individually personalized uh, and delivered through hands-on sessions with a live expert remotely in one-hour chunks. I've been a CTO for the last nine or 10 years. I run events called Tech Leader Dinners for three years of those, uh, and I've also been a CTO coach as well. And in all of those roles, what I've seen is that the same questions come up again and again, but with different answers every time. And that's because context is critical. Today, the question we're going to be addressing is, should I use the Spotify model? And here to help me answer that is Rob Elkin, formerly the CTO of Busu and now a consulting CTO. Rob, hello. Tell us about yourself. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, tell me about, uh, tell you about myself. Well, so I started out as a developer. I've, I've been in technology probably about 15 years now, uh, 15, 20 years, something like that. Um, and I started out as a developer. I did back end, uh, a little bit of front end DevOps before it was DevOps. Um, and then I kind of moved into technology leadership roles. Um, I, uh, I ran Just Eats UK technology, um, for a little bit. And then I was CTO at Busu. Um, and then, uh, I left there, uh, to take a little bit of time off, uh, in 2020, uh, which was the perfect year to do that uh, if you wanted to stay in exactly the country that you were supposed to stay in. Um, and uh, I was supposed to take that time off, but uh, but I, I couldn't. Um, and so I started doing some consulting CTO work, and that's what I do now. Excellent. And I'm really excited to talk to you about the Spotify model, because it's one of those things that I think has gained a lot of traction and a lot of uh, like mind share. Mm-hmm. And it's something people talk about and think about a lot. And I think it's often thought about in quite an uncritical way. I think to start with, you should probably explain to us what the components of the Spotify model are so that if even if it's going by another name, someone can recognize it when they see it. Sure. Uh, I don't remember all the names of the components, so apologies, and you can keep me right. Um, but uh, the Spotify model, obviously, it's come from Spotify. Uh, it came out, I think, around 2012. Um, and it's kind of an organizational paradigm where uh, you you've, you structure your teams in a way that at the time was significantly different to the way that people were structuring their teams. So people used to structure their teams very, very much in a well, there's a back-end team, there's a front-end team, there's a mobile team, and so on. Um, and the Spotify model changed that um, and instead introduced the concept of, I think they call it squads. Um, and those squads are a group of developers of lots of different disciplines, as well as a product manager and a designer and anybody else that, that is needed. And those squads give... Um, those squads are given a goal and they go after that goal. Like they, they're given a metric, for example, um, and their responsibility is do anything to get to that metric. Um, so that's essentially uh, what the model is. Uh, and then what you have is you have guilds or tribes. I can't remember. I think it's guilds that are cross cutting to that. So a, a guild might be the, the back end guild, uh, which is kind of a um, community of practice. Uh, for how they do 
backend development at Spotify or how they do iOS development at Spotify and so on. So that I think I'm representing the model accurately, but uh, Hal, tell me if I uh, if I need to 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 do better. I think I, I'm going to check this, but I think that is um, what the chapters are. So I think a chapter is all of the backend people, and a guild is everyone who's interested in uh, the solid principles. Say, mm-hmm. so a guild can just be a kind of community of interest, and a chapter might be people who work in a specific language. That also kind of rings a bell. I don't remember the um, uh, the terminology exactly, um, and that's partially partially why I don't remember the terminology is because uh, I don't necessarily subscribe to using it like kind of carte blanche off of the way Spotify do it, um, which is I think why I suggested it as a topic for this uh, <laughs> this podcast. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, even the idea of squads, which I think is one of the core things people look to the Spotify model for, um, was what previously everyone used to call feature teams and then yeah. got sort of rebranded in the terms of um, of the Spotify model, which I always find odd in the way they seem to combine the, the language of a, a kind of army um, with the language of like a monastery or something, um, <laughs> like with chapters and guilds. Yeah, um, but uh, it's clearly it's really successfully by Spotify. And in fact, um, on a mailing list that we're both on, someone recently talked about something called the I think it's the one agile way of working that um, McKinsey used um, for the the bank ING, mm-hmm. um, which which seems to be identical again to the Spotify model, but they've kind of come up with different names and. Um, and I, I don't know, branding for those ideas. So there's clearly something um, attractive about this way of working. Yeah, I think the ideas are very valid. Um, and, uh, you know, I always think that, that a lot of things in software and, and generally every everything is like a, a riff or a remix off of something else, right? Um, so you can give it a new brand, you can give it a new name, but uh, the concepts end up kind of converging to one or a, a you know, a reasonably small set of n, right? Um, and so it's kind of the same. There's a there's a shape up model that, that was going around that was kind of mm. popularized at the start of the year, I think, or maybe last year. Um, uh, again, I see parallels to that to the so-called Spotify model. Um, I mean, with all of it, again, it's context based. <laughs> um, so I think that you pull uh, parts of of different models together to, to work for you. Um, I think that's the way that you should do it rather than kind of just taking one uh, and thinking that that's the absolute perfect way to do it. Mm. I think that's definitely true. You want to, because each context is, is different and you're, you're definitely speaking our language there. Each yeah. context is different. Finding inspiration from the right sources uh, is definitely, it's definitely a better way to go and remixing them, as you said, rather than just yeah. taking something you know, off the shelf and saying, we're going to roll this out because it's been successful there. Yeah. And I think that people do that a huge amount. Like people love to have a, a, a defined way of doing it. And that's maybe why the Spotify model got so much traction to begin with. They wrote a very nice white paper about it. You could mm. very easily read it. There was some diagrams that you could look at and you could just take that and go, yep, we'll just apply that. I don't have to think about the underlying reasons about why they're actually doing anything. But Spotify is a successful company. I want to be a successful company. Therefore, I should just organize in the way that they do. Um, I think that that can work. 
and obviously people did it and it did work but uh i think that just like with trying to understand how technology actually works like you can make stuff work you can kind of hack around things uh but unless you have a fundamental understanding about why it's actually happening what's happening underneath and the reason that you're doing it um then once you hit a roadblock you're going to be in a lot more trouble than uh than than not knowing right Mm, right because you've got that um that sort of bottom-up understanding of why of the reasoning behind all the things exactly yeah i suspect the reason for it's part of the reason for its popularity is that it keeps some of the when you're scaling an organization there there are kind of fewer models that you can use than when you've got a tiny one Mm. and compared to something like the safe the scaled agile framework Mm -hmm. i imagine that the spotify model keeps a lot more autonomy in the individual squads that are that are working in it. And so there's a lot more kind of a lot more ability for people to be autonomous and independent. You know, you talked about them having a metric and going after it. And I wonder if that's part of the reason for the popularity. You mentioned about about adopting something that works for your context. And I suppose part of that decision is having some aim in mind. And so I guess the question is what what things would you be aiming for when you choose the Spotify model? So I think uh, I think you are absolutely aiming for autonomy. Um, you're aiming for uh, teams that can act on their own, can be uh, can have a minimal amount of kind of cross team dependency or cross team chatter, and and they can just deliver um, the things that they didn't need to deliver. Um, to get to that point, obviously, you have to do a huge amount of uh, work to be able to to get teams decoupled enough from everybody else um, to be independent. Um, but I think that that's what you're fundamentally aiming for uh, whenever you adopt that model. Yes, and if, and I guess crucially, it's doing those things at scale, because I the the challenges of autonomy and independence are easier when you've got two squads than when you've got. A hundred. Well, yes, but that's it. That that I think is is my primary interest in this being like context based, right? Um, because to come back to what I was saying before, everybody everybody thinks that this model is is the absolute thing that you should be aiming for, um, regardless of the size that you are. And I think that that for me is the massive bit of context here. Uh, I don't necessarily think that the quote unquote Spotify model. Um, is useful for smaller teams. I think that once you get to a certain size, then it starts to become useful. But actually, there are there are much more effective and efficient ways of organizing your teams um, whenever you're a lot smaller. Like I wouldn't move to a Spotify model whenever you have ten people, for example, uh, because there is just too much fundamental things going on on your platform more than likely, um, and also the amount of crosstalk that you get. Uh, is is pretty minimal um, because there's not a lot of people, and so everyone can kind of keep a mental model in their head of what's going on. Um, and so I think that that's that. I think that's the context for me is don't do it too early. And everybody tries to do it too early. Everybody thinks, oh well, to be able to scale to a hundred, we need to to do this, and we need to set it up in exactly the way that it should be whenever we're a hundred. Uh, but actually you're going to do yourself a disservice there and change is inevitable and you should just be comfortable with that change as you grow. 
Right, and then that's part of growing. You reminded me of a time when I was um, I was consulting with a team that at the time had, I think, three or four developers, um, and a new senior member of staff joined um, from a much larger organization um, yeah. and said, this is how s- successful teams should organize. We're, we're going to start using the Spotify model. Um, yeah. And so I, I uh, donned my curiosity hat and said, that's interesting. You know, what benefits would you see of, of using this model over using feature teams mm. when we're, when we're this kind of size, you know, if the, mm. the squad is the tribe to use the mm. terminology of the model, uh, then yeah. what, what, what usefulness do we get from this model? And that, that became a more productive conversation about what we were looking to get out of it yeah yeah this the squad being the tribe is a is a really interesting one yeah if they if they are both the same thing then what is the point uh, for sure yeah so then if you're leading a team how do you know when you've crossed crossed that threshold clearly it's more than 10 people clearly it's when the the squad no longer feels like the tribe when it feels like there is some distinction there and you can point at a group of people and say that's a team but not the entire you know, individual contributor part of the organization. Mm. How would you know when you've crossed that threshold and you should start thinking about something that is going to scale more like the Spotify model does? Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, so I know I have a number in my head that I start asking myself whether we should, uh, but now I'm trying to uh, trying to understand why I have that number at all. So I know that number for me is 30 to 40 people. Um, then it starts to become uh, uh, something that's worthwhile looking at. And, and from my recollection or from what I've been thinking about, I think it, it ends up becoming about how much uh, frustration does an individual team see whenever they're trying to ship a project um, and how difficult is it to ship a project uh, whenever there are multiple teams involved um, so if I have a project that I want to deliver something uh, X, X feature um, I'm going to have to pull together you know three or four different people to be able to do that um, if if my entire like existence is just pulling together those teams getting them to work on a project um well then all of a sudden it it very much becomes well should we just be should we just be doing this on a more permanent basis now i think that there's a transitionary state like between your kind of 10 people which is everybody's just working together and your 40 people when you do need to make that break uh which is this kind of short-lived feature teams is what I call them, uh, where we do bring people together, they work on a project for two weeks, a month or whatever, they break up again, other teams form. Um, So I think there's a transitionary state to get there. Uh, So just, I think it's about pain, like how much pain are are the team experiencing? Um, And also to a certain extent, how much um, uh, kind of, what's the word that I'm looking for? You can cut this bit out, I guess. <laughs> no, this is gold. This is the best bit. So all, all gold. <laughs> um, how much? Uh, how much thinking needs to go into to teams coming together and, and breaking up again? Right? Like, is there a lot of? Uh, benefit to having the same people together for three to six months because they will be able to understand all of the context of a particular part of the platform or feature or part of the product? Um, Or is there 
is there a lot of pain in bringing together those three or four people to work on something because they have to get all of the context of what's going on with that particular part of the product? Um, so I think those are kind of metrics that I think about whenever I think about whether we move to, to that next stage. Mm. And I think that the idea of moving to the next stage is really critical in this conversation because Spotify themselves, I'm given to understand, use the model at a point in time and then very quickly evolve to something either slightly or drastically different. The, the principle being what you were saying, that it's driven by needs and pain, not mm -hmm. a kind of off-the-shelf um, answer to a question. Yeah, I, th I think that's an absolutely fantastic point. Um, like almost immediately Spotify moved away from that model. And so it is, it's a point in time that they had um, for the size of organization that they had, for the challenges that they were trying to, to solve. Um, and so therefore just taking that and applying it directly to your organization without thinking about why you're doing it or the problems that you're trying to solve or the pain that you're experiencing. Um, yeah, it can work because it's a reasonable model, but it may not be the most efficient thing for you to do and you could end up with a, a whole pile of organizational change whenever mm -hmm. you don't need that. Um, when what you actually need is some iteration and some evolution. Uh, and that's exactly what Spotify did. They evolved and they evolved and sure there are probably elements of, of what they're doing, like feature team type things right now, but it probably doesn't look as much like that white paper as you would think it does. The problem is, is that, they said, here's a white paper, and I never changed it, uh, never updated it. Mm. I suppose then the the next question we should answer is if you are, particularly if you're a team that's too small right now to be using something like the Spotify model or to be thinking about that sort of scale, what sort of models could you be considering? Yeah, so... I mean, I, I like to take elements of, of kind of agile. Um, I don't know. I mean, for me, it's about who's in the team and what the team wants to do um, and try to pare everything down as much as possible um, so that you have as little process as possible to getting things out the door in my opinion. Um, and I think that you take elements of Agile of, okay, well, do we want to do a two-week iteration? Do we want to make that a one-week iteration or a three-week iteration? Do we care about using story points or do we not? Do we just care about what we get out the door? Uh, I'm, I'm very uh, kind of flexible on these things. Um, so I never take a particular stance for good, good or bad uh, reasons. Um, I'm always hesitant to say agile is the absolute best way or waterfall is the absolute best way mm -hmm. none of those are the best way uh it depends on the people in the organization it depends on what the organization needs um it depends on on how you want to run it it depends <laughs> so i think those the question of whether you use scrum or XP or indeed waterfall is perhaps a slightly is an orthogonal one to how you're mm -hmm. structuring the the organization. Oh, yeah. And so yeah. I'm wondering if there are like you talked about having short lived feature teams or maybe you mm. sometimes would use permanent feature teams, component teams. I, I'm wondering if there are other things that people should be considering. Um I personally uh like to start out with um everybody kind of 
being on the same team um, and the things being split based on the kind of platform that you're working on. Um, and then inevitably uh, what's ha- what happens is your back end tends to split out into a few different teams, potentially depending on how you're decoupling your or decompiling your monolith. Um, and then you end up with kind of platform-based teams, um, which then I prefer to have them evolve into short-lived feature teams, um, and then have that evolve further into longer-lived feature team, longer-lived product-focused teams, um, with product managers changing with that and designers changing with that. Uh, uh, product managers and and designers kind of being separate to those teams, and we'll bring bring them in. Um, and then we evolve into into kind of a, a product team focus. That's kind of the way. That's the way that I've done it in the past. Anyway. Mm. And that raises a really good point, actually, about the role of non-software developer um, people in this. So representatives of the the customer, like a product manage, manager, um, or potentially. I don't know, information security um, people or designers, how do you how do you see them fitting in to this model? Is that a completely secondary, separate structure, or are you sort of embedding those people in teams all the way up scaling? Not all the way up, no, but uh, certainly whenever you get to this kind of product team model, uh, which we'll call it instead of the Spotify model, um, perhaps uh, I think that when you get to that point, the product manager and the designer and anybody else that is needed for that team to achieve the goal that they have needs to be embedded in the team. Like that's the way, that's the whole point of it working is that, that everybody that you need is there. They can iterate fast and they can have conversations about the problem that they're trying to solve. Um, And if you have a product manager off somewhere else, then they can't be involved in those conversations and they're not just technical conversations. They're, how are we going to build the product and what are we actually going to ship? Um, that can't just be techni- technical people. Awesome. All right. So it seems like the Spotify model is a great way for achieving teams that are autonomous and independent from each other um, at scale. And that comes from having these these teams, these squads, where everyone who's needed to execute is part of the team. So the team is self-contained. But it's probably not a great model to adopt for smaller teams and isn't something people should take too early. Instead, embrace the idea that your structure is going to have to change as your team grows. If the squad is the tribe, uh, or indeed if you've got less than maybe 30 to 40 people, it's probably not the right model for you. Um, And instead, you might want to have some short or long-lived feature teams. And then as you grow, as shipping with those becomes more and more painful, that might be the time to adopt this extra level of complexity that the model model brings. Um, But it seems like the the main thing you're saying, Rob, is that people should be prepared for their teams to evolve as they grow. Yeah, absolutely. I think evolution is, is key. Awesome. Well, that's everything for this week's episode. Join us again next time when I'll be discussing the question, is a hacker good or bad, with my guest Ted Harrington.